everyone, and welcome to Weaver's Beyond the Numbers. Today, we're debuting a new podcast called Government Impact. We're talking about the best practices that impact success in public sector agencies and help you serve your constituents. We want to kick off today's uh, podcast with some fundamentals about results. What are the kinds of actions government agencies do to drive performance uh, as an enterprise entity to serve their constituents. I am joined by two great leaders in government. The first is Aaron Howard, the Chief Executive Officer of Mass Ingenuity. Welcome, Aaron. And Todd Hoffman, partner with Weaver's Government Consulting Services. We have a lot to cover about topics uh, surrounding what we call enterprise performance management, but let's start with a couple of stories. Aaron, you have been at this a long time. What piqued your interest about serving public sector agencies and making government more effective? Indeed. Um, over 10 years ago, um, my company and myself was focused on private sector doing enterprise performance management. And then uh, the Great Recession hit. And fortunately for us, we began work. We began work with the Oregon Youth Authority. And that opened all of our eyes. We never fully appreciated just how difficult it is for youth that's incarcerated to be able to make progress and not become adults incarcerated. That work that we did with them, which was successful, turned everything around for us and caused us to focus for the rest of the time on government. That's a, an incredible story, and it touches on so many uh, challenges and aspects of government at its sort of most fundamental level. Uh, Todd, you have a big history across a variety of government enterprises as well as a private sector consultant serving government agencies. What led you down that path? Well, you know, I've been serving governmental, I've been serving in the advisory sector for over 28 years. And uh, over the last uh, eight to 10 years, I've been uh, serving uh, clients in the governmental sector. And, I, you know, I, I find that when you serve, first of all, when you think of the, uh, the folks that are in government, many, many of the individuals that are there are there because they really want to make a difference. And what I find is that's very, very um uh, contagious, uh, not only for myself and the work I do, but with my teams. And, and so when you get into problem solving and, 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 and looking at how to tackle an issue, um, it, you just find this a lot more rewarding when you get to the, that end result, not only for the stakeholder, the taxpayer, but also for ourselves as consultants. We're about to embark on a completely new generation of government performance, government projects. Uh, none of us want to repeat the last three years, but for those of us who have survived, so to speak, and let's face it, the last three years caused a lot of attrition among government executives, managers, and frontline employees. But for those of us still around, who are still accepting the challenge, who are accepting a deluge of federal, state, and local money to solve problems as we exit the COVID years. How do you uh, implement enterprise performance management? How do you take a mission-driven approach to achieve the goals of a government agency, Aaron? Well, you're right. For those of us who continue to work in this area, it is a very different environment. 
without question, things have changed, including the amount of money that's available, the workforce, and the way in which we decide to manage or lead through that. Well, for starters, it's going to be very important that money not be spent as business as usual of the past. Money will have to be accounted for differently. Grants will have to be tracked differently. And basically, performance will be uh, uh, paramount. But that's just the beginning. It's really the workforce that's changing everything. <clears throat> we have a remote workforce now. And in government, it is highly remote. We also have a younger workforce, a workforce that is looking to be both mission-driven, that's why they go into government, at the same time, data-driven, two things that can be diametrically opposed if you don't approach them right. So these two dynamics have really changed things, but it's exciting because if, with a focus on mission-driven and a focus on data, government will be better and is. Well, in the workforce of the future is very interesting, especially the extent to which the younger workforce are earlier adopters of technology, more adept at technology. Todd, every time you embark on a consulting project, there are three things to balance, people, process, technology. Um, can you give us some examples of how you've effectively balanced those three things and some of the work you've done over the past few years? Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting, and you know as you as you look at various uh, problems within an organization, you know there there are certain uh, organizations you work with that think the technology is the end all be all, and that's what's going to solve the problem. And really, the technology is the enabler to solving the problem. The real problem is looking at you know the complexities around the organization, looking at how you get from point A to point B. Uh, look at the people that are involved, the competencies of those individuals that are involved. And then once you figure that out, you then look at what is the right technology to help support the effort of the operational entity. And what I've found is, is when things, uh, when I've gone into situations where like a technology has been implemented and, and it's not working, and when you really begin to step back and dissect the issue, it's really that that front end piece was not really well thought out in the design aspect of it. It was kind of technology bolted on to a, a certain uh, organization to solve a problem, but they really weren't looking at the root cause of the problem. And so when we kind of tackle this, looking at kind of our enterprise performance management approach and methodology, we really started what is the root cause of the issue looking at the people and the competencies involved, and then the right technology to solve the problem, we find that you have a better outcome. Do you find that technology serves people better than the other way around? <laughs> Aaron, how, does, uh, how do metrics play into here once you get to the root of the problem and deploy people process technology effectively? Metrics have been with us for a long time, <clears throat> but their importance has been changing dramatically especially in the last, say, five or six years. There's virtually nobody who isn't being inundated by the need for data. However, if all we have is a lot of data and not an ability to visualize it and to understand what it's saying, then we won't make many more effective decisions than we did in the past. Today, we have tools. Todd just outlined how important it is to have tools for how we manage, how we lead, how we behave, and of course, technology tools to support us. And as long as they're highly visual, and as long as they answer a very basic question, it's actually the Simon Sinek golden circle question. 
start with why. Why am I measuring this and why should I care? And as long as it does that and provides that insights, data suddenly becomes your friend in driving government decisions. And if I may add on to that, Aaron, to that point, when you think of metrics and you think of all the money that's been coming down from the federal government the last few years and the transparency and the accountability built around it, metrics are more and more important. And it's what individuals are looking for to ensure that where dollars were spent, they're getting the right outcomes. Todd. To jump off on that, I, as a in my government career, I ran a fairly large uh, agency, so I love an org chart, right? Everybody loves an org chart, uh, but an org chart it traditionally is about hierarchy. Your methodology around both people and metrics turn that on its head and talks about organizing for effectiveness instead of hierarchy. Can you can you talk a little bit about your org chart? Uh, concept and some of your consulting work? Yeah, I mean, obviously you need org chart as it relates to uh, uh, understanding kind of roles and responsibilities and segregation of duties and, and that sort of thing. So organizational charts are important. But when you get into real problem solving, they're actually not your friend. And the reason why is because the real problems happen on the ground. And many of the individuals that are part of helping you solve a problem aren't necessarily on the hierarchical organizational chart. And so when you look at our methodology and our approach and how we do it is we go down to the basics. We go to the ground to the and find the root cause, working with the employees on the line, the ones that are doing the work every day. And those are the ones that can give you more of the insight as to where things are breaking down, uh, how you become more efficient, how you become more effective. And what happens in many cases is that you, in a lot of organizations, they're not going to where the root cause is. They think they know above, but they're not really touching the individuals that are actually touching a supply chain or whatever it may be that you're trying to solve. And so their methodology actually goes there. And that's our starting point, which is why we have so much success. Aaron, one of your successes is in one of the more maligned functions of state government. And yes, I'm talking about the Department of Motor Vehicles, the front door to state government for more for most constituents. Um, you had a very successful cultural transformation project at the DMV in California, the biggest DMV in the entire country. Can you talk a little bit about your experience there? Yes, um, it is true that the California DMV is literally the largest retail agency in uh, the United States, potentially in the world, if one looked it up. <clears throat> and like many DMVs, it was um, you know, uh, in trouble from time to time in terms of customer service, in terms of perceptions, in terms of long lines. It was also in trouble because uh, a while back, employees were not as engaged as they need to be in order to actually make anything happen. However, that's not the case today. The DMV, really under the leadership of several great leaders, decided that they were going to do a couple things different. Number one, they were actually going to use data. And they were going to actually use data to figure out, number one, their current state, and two, what they could do to change it. They've been very successful with that. We were fortunate. We were asked to install their Enterprise Performance Management Hub. It is technology, but like Todd said, it's technology to serve a need to bring the data together so decisions and insights can be put to, you know, basically be made. 
their progress has been phenomenal. Their employee engagement has gone up. Their customer satisfaction has gone up. They serve now in multiple channels, you know, not just walk through the door, but web, et cetera. And they're making great progress. It's really a combination of, number one, understanding why they exist and conveying that to the employees so that their reason for coming to work is, is clear. Number two, making good progress, getting great testimonials and feedback, and most importantly, deciding that they're never done. Never done. Process improvement on a continuous basis with great leadership and great employees is what's making the difference in a very large agency. Aaron, that's a great story. Todd, I want you to respond to that a little bit. In your experience, what's the key for people to embrace change? Because every time another consultant and another project shows up, sometimes they throw their hands in the air. How do you combat that? How do you get people to embrace change and move forward to improve effectiveness at an agency? Yeah, and it and that's that's really a very difficult thing to do, but it also is 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 very simple when you get down to its core. And really when you think about what I was talking about earlier around kind of going to the root cause of the issue into the people that actually touch the problem. When you go through that change management process, you know, I always like to say the term is we're not going to do it to you. We're going to do it with you. And, and, and then you begin to educate people on why it's important to make the change and what are the benefits to not only the organization when the change is uh, goes and has been impacted, but also to the individuals, because in many cases they know that there's inefficiencies built into a process. They know that it takes potentially additional time or they know that there's waste associated with what with what they're doing. And by simply going to the root cause and talking with them about it first, then having them role play and map out current state, what the gaps are in the future state, you're actually taking them through that change management process. And so therefore, when you do that, you get better buy in and you get a better result. I'm going to stay with you for a minute, Todd. Let's say you are a C-level executive, a CIO, a CFO in a, a massive government organization that has a billion dollars dropped on it for, from the federal government to fix X. Where do you start? What do you do? I mean, it's it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? What What's the first step you take? Yeah, it, it is overwhelming. What I've always found when we get those phone calls from somebody who just had some money, potentially a grant dropped in front of them, using your example, is really kind of begin to break it into very small pieces. And I think the big thing up front is really beginning to think about, because remember, you have all these pressures. Money hits the bank account. You've got taxpayers that are in need in, in, in this example. You have you have the employee base that's trying to figure out how they connect. And so really, if you go through and you begin to journey map, as I like to say, where you begin on, OK, what is it we're trying to what's the outcome here? What's our desired outcome? Begin to think about the planning aspects of that first. What is it you're trying to do? Is it aligned with what the, the issue is? And is it connected strategically with the organization where we're trying to go? Is it going to have the most impact potentially to a taxpayer? Uh, if you're trying to solve that as, as that being part of the problem. And then you take it through that life cycle. And we've been talking about a lot of this today that our fundamentals and our methodology and approach actually help break down problems in ways where you can begin the planning, then you can begin to look at the, the, the execution of that, and then you can begin to try 
your progress with the measurement that we put in place. And really, to me, that's when you think about problem solving, that's really where it starts. The beginning, the middle, and the end. And our that's, that's fantastic and concise advice. Aaron, you have worked with numerous government leaders um, in your time. When you look at emerging young leaders, people taking over leadership responsibilities for perhaps the first time, what advice would you share around these issues? Building upon what Todd just said, the first piece of advice is to recognize that leadership today is really about being great sponsors, great champions, great stewardship of the entire organization. What that means is really support all the people who know what, what's happening and know how to fix problems. That's, the, that's number one. Number two is go back to fundamentals. Recognize that for those of us who might be exposed to lean concepts, the concept of the voice of the customer and the concept of highly engaged employees is key to any success. And with a focus on that, the success will follow as, as has happened in the examples we talked about earlier. And, you know, most importantly, it's just to recognize that in, in today's workforce, with the pressures at a, at a macro level that are, that are forcing government to get things done, get it done different, get it faster, that it's the most important thing is to lead with a real strong sense of listening, of caring, and of recognizing that, you know, both your head and your heart are going to play a key role in delivering what's necessary for the citizens who ultimately want to benefit from all the services you're providing. So it really is modern leadership, great concepts around people, and just remember to stick with the fundamentals. Todd, we have had a wide-ranging conversation about systems and processes and technology and metrics, and we have as usual, come full circle back to people. You you have in your practice what you call the secret sauce uh, is a term you use a lot. And it is a term for the way you collaborate on a project between entities and among people. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's important um, that we keep that in mind in a, in a professional capacity? Well, and I actually learned this many, many, many years ago as I began to kind of enter into the consulting world. I mean, to me, problem solving is around, and Aaron just touched upon a little bit of this, around. it's around collaborating, it's around listening, okay? It's around getting into the details, and it's about getting as many different points of view as possible that you then take in and dissect in order to help make sure that you have the right things on the table as you're trying to go through your problem solving process. And so, you know, I always view the secret sauce is really around collaboration and listening and connecting it within an organization. And, and, and when you do that and you do that, well, you, you, you are, you're actually doing a few things. You're actually, you're actually getting a better uh, solution to a problem because you're engaging more individuals. You're actually, because you're gaining more individuals as part of the discussion, you're going through that change management process that we were talking about. And you're also communicating while you're doing that as it relates to getting more and more people involved. When you find employee engagement and where employee engagement breaks down, it really breaks down when people really don't understand why they do what they do or why they're not being heard as it relates to an issue that they've raised. And so by our problem solving approach, we include all of that 
which and and, and again, I always call it the secret sauce, but it's just the way you we go about doing our work. And to me, that is key to get the outcome that an organization is looking for. I, I am going to end with this. We have come to the end of a fantastic conversation about enterprise performance management, seeking real solutions to government problems. I know firsthand that government and agency leaders sometimes just need somebody to talk to, a third party to throw ideas off of, somebody who will take a collaborative approach. I couldn't recommend more highly Aaron Howard with Mass Ingenuity, which is one of the great companies I've come in contact with, and it may be the best named company I've come in contact with. So congratulations, Aaron. Uh, and Todd Hoffman with Weaver. Uh, they are easy to find. And as a matter of fact, our next episode of Government Impact will be hosted by Todd himself, where we'll talk a little bit more about the secret sauce, the collaborative approach, and as the months go by, unwind some of the real vexing problems in government. I appreciate you both. It has been a fantastic conversation uh, thank you for being here. I'm Adam Jones. 